today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, international travelers cross the borders in droves. The new infrastructure money provides funds for Amtrak to fix up and expand. And our airport has a top 10 on-time record. Details next in the news. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, we give you five last-minute travel tips for the holidays if you plan to fly. America's airlines took $80 billion of taxpayer money in part to allow them to keep their staffs intact. Chris Elliott joins us at 335 to take a look at the airline's report card. What did they do with that $80 billion? Finally, at 355, Mark addresses the housekeeping situation in hotels and has a suggestion or two for travelers. We are here with great information to make your travel easier and more comfortable. Welcome to the latest edition of The Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. To Alaska, I go north to Russia's own. and Tom Romano back with you again. We are the travel and entertainment guys every Sunday, 3 to 4, here on this radio station, also on iHeartRadio. You can find our podcast at TravelGuysRadio.com, as well as at the KFBK website. Thanks for joining us, Mark. How you doing, my friend? Uh, it's, been yeah. a, it's been a week. What you've basically proved is it's pretty hard to get rid of us. You know, once... <laughs> Well, they, they we're, we're all over the place. I've been pretty good, Thomas. You uh, um, you just came back from Hawaii a week ago uh, on the show. Yeah, For those came, that missed it, we did our uh, annual uh, "What's Going On in Hawaii" uh, uh, show, uh, and then you flew home. I understand you're you had somewhat of a eventful, non-eventful flight home. What was that like? Well, in order to get an extra day, the, the, I flew a red eye flight home. And those always seem like a good idea. I mean, you're looking at it and you say, well, you know, I can justify doing this and I'll, I'll get home. I'll have mm-hmm. an extra day to be able to work because I'll get home at 9 o'clock in the morning and I'll go into the office and I'll be productive for at least part of the day. Oh, you will, uh, huh? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 on paper, it looks good. And when you say it, it sounds good. But the reality is that in the um, you aren't going to sleep very well if you're lucky. Um on a red eye flight, if you can get some cat naps and stuff like that, and uh, you know you've got a connection in San Francisco, and so by the time you get home, you pretty much feel like you're, you know, pooped out for the day, and that was the way I felt. I did still go into the office, though. Let me just say one thing about red eye flights: no matter what somebody tells you, no matter what argument they use, that it's a good idea. It's never a good idea <laughs> if you have to do it because of timing or whatever. And there's no other way around it. Or if you're going to save a whole bunch of money by flying in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. and that's either what you need to do from a financial standpoint or it's what you feel is is right because you're saving all that money, then that's great. But if you're doing it thinking, well, you know, it'll, it'll make, I'll be okay. Red eye isn't a problem. 
uh, you're lying to yourself. And the older that you get, the bigger the lie. <laughs> so, so basically, were you lying to yourself uh, or were you saving money? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, both. It was cheaper. Yeah. And and I thought, well, you know, I haven't done this for a long time. What 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 harm can it do? But you can right. ask my staff on Wednesday. They could have walked in front of me and waved a piece of paper a foot in front of my face and my eyes wouldn't have blinked. <laughs> My my mother used to refer to that as uh, how you felt. That is when you return is it is uh, you felt like you were you were drugged through a knot hole backwards. Okay. All right. At the top of every travel guys radio program, we uh, bring you up to date on what's been going on in the travel news during the week. So. With that being said, here he is with the travel news. Here's Mark. Thank you, Thomas. It was uh, a very poorly kept secret that the U.S. borders opened up for land crossings last week. And, uh, of course, as we've talked about on this show from time to time, not only are there people who want to travel to the interior of Mexico and Canada or the people who are in Mexico and Canada and want to travel to the United States, but there's a heck of a lot of people who have friends or relatives or loved ones very cl- and who live on one side of the border they live on the other side in some cases they're very close to each other and they haven't been able to of course you fortunately we have things like zoom and stuff like that but they haven't been able to go and physically um be next to each other so a whole lot of people if you watch the news this week there were lots of stories of people some of them somewhat touching mm-hmm. and, and and even heartbreaking of For folks sure. who hadn't been able to see someone for a long period of time. And so that hopefully is is over. And I hope that the COVID situation holds up well enough that we can keep those those borders open. Do you know that the Canadian border with the United States is the longest unguarded border in human history? Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that says a lot about the relationship between the United States and Canada. But, um, you know, there's guards at the border crossings and stuff like that. But, you know, if you go 50 miles out of town and know where you are and can sneak over, you might be able to pull it off. Yeah, you know, you don't see that in the news uh, too frequently that, uh, you know, uh, 2,000 uh, Americans were were caught uh, sneaking into the into the border of Canada to escape our country where they or or vice versa. Or vice you know, Canadians versa. Yeah, that's sneaking true. here. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's see here. Rolling on with the news. Uh just be be aware of the fact that even though the borders are open on the land and of course you can fly, um rules are changing on a regular basis. So if you are planning international travel, no matter what the rules were last week, check them again a week or so before you're getting ready to depart because you just never know and it, there's no reason to get someplace and be stuck or not have the right paperwork or stuff like that. Because in some cases, it's fairly simple. And so you can take care of it yourself. But just it, it's we've emphasized this, I don't know how many times for the last year and a half. But really, if you're traveling now, you need to do your homework or make sure that you're paying someone who is doing that homework for you. Whether it's a tour operator or a travel advisor like Gwen Duncan or whomever, uh, you need to you, you need to have somebody on your side. All right, Carnival has rolled out a brand new a ship and uh, made some other announcements their uh, new ship is going to be called the carnival jubilee it will be delivered in 2023 and it will be based in galveston texas which is kind of interesting 
Uh, Carnival was the first uh, company to depart regularly from Galveston, and this will be the first time that a ship has been uh, headquartered there year-round. So it's kind of a big deal for the town of, uh, of Galveston, Texas. And um, this comes with Carnival's encouraging confirmation that all 22 of its U.S.-based cruise ships will be back in operation by mid-March of next year. 19 will be sailing with guests on board by February. So uh, the Car- Carnival is getting very close to getting back uh, on, on the seas. This is kind of cool. Um, I saw this article says the best and worst U.S. airports for flight delays. Hmm. So I thought, and it's one of these clickbait things where you've got to click, you know, it's the 10 best and the 10 worst, so it's going to take 20 clicks to get all the way through the list. Okay. And so I thought, all right, well, I'll, I'll fall for this in, in the first place because I clicked on the 10th best on-time airport, and it was Oakland. So I thought, well, and in, in, the, in the little bit of copy there, it said Oakland is just one of four California airports that registered in the top ten. So that immediately got my attention. Okay. And uh, so I clicked on, and what was the very next airport to come up at number nine? Our very own Sacramento International. Number nine has, for on-time. Has the ninth best on-time record of any major airport in the country. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. It is, and it's uh, they attribute that to the fact that uh, Southwest Airlines, which is the, the biggest carrier at, at uh, Sacramento, has an on-time uh, record of over 83%. Sacramento's on-time percentage is nearly 85%. So Southwest, obviously, being the biggest carrier, and, and they're, they're going to have the most impact on that number, but we're not a hub. Um, we don't have nearly as much, although we've had some recently, we don't have as much fog as we used to. Remember the old days of the yeah, fog charters I don't know what when that's planes about, couldn't get out you, in the morning? It sure seems that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. But the reality is that uh, the fog is, and it lifts much earlier in the day than it ever used to. We used to have fog some days, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, and, of course, no planes could get out or get in. But anyway, Sacramento National is uh, ninth. Also, Orange County and San Jose hmm. are in the top ten. Um, you flip it over to the other side. And where I just came from, Hawaii, uh, the airport in Honolulu is the number one on-time uh, airport. And like as I said, you flip it over to the other side, and the worst on-time. What do you suppose the worst on-time record is in the country? Oh man, I don't know. Uh, it's been there before. Yeah. It's not close. Let's go. Let's go with O'Hare. Not a that's a reasonable guess. Newark still is the number one okay. worst airport. LaGuardia number two. San Francisco made the top ten. Of course, uh, a lot of weather delays and, and stuff like that there. But anyway, I thought it was pretty cool that our Sacramento airport is uh, one of the best airports in the country for on time performance. And I bet you, if you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, you bet you will find that list. Of best and worst. Best and worst. Airline masks. We've been wearing them for a while. Year and a half. More than a year and a half now. Um, that mandate, that 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 law, that rule, if you will, comes up for review in January. That's for the airlines, right? For the airlines. Mm-hmm. And already there, there's a lot of discussion online in various groups. I spent almost an hour the other day uh, reading comments uh, from folks about, and and there are some very strongly held opinions, as you might well imagine, on both oh, sides. Sure, yeah. Um, 
The CEO of Delta Airlines says the safest place you can be on the planet is an airplane. With a mask on? Well, yeah, I think that's his. (laughs) He says safer than this room, I'd argue. He stated last month at the U.S. Travel Association's Future of Travel Mobility Conference where he was speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, He says between the HEPA filters, um, the filtration system on the plane, um, and with the masking, he says you're, you're, you're safer on an airplane than you are. Uh, anywhere else, he predicts that the masking is going to stay around for a while. And uh, I don't really have a thought on that one way or another. Um, I don't want COVID, and I fly a lot. I just flew to Hawaii and back. Having a mask on for five hours was not a tremendous amount of fun. Well, you uh, know, I, I just don't want to get sick, period, uh, whether it's COVID or anything else. And it seemed, and I know... The air filtration thing and all of that and how wonderful that is. Mm-hmm. But historically, I have come down with something. Probably did. Maybe I didn't catch it on the plane. Uh, with something more often at following flights than any other time. So I'd be inclined to, even when they aren't mandates, to kind of consider right. whether I want to wear a mask anyway. Right. But but let but let's be fair here and play a little detective for a minute. There's nothing that says that whatever it is that you came down with you got while you were on the airplane. Yeah, that, that's you true. could very well have picked it up while you were in the airport. That is even a better opportunity. Yeah. With the chance. restrooms and the chaired surfaces and yeah. all of the lovely people there and stuff like that. You know what'll be interesting will be is well when this all goes away, let, let's let's pretend that you know, they do away with the mask mandate, and we get six months down the road. How many people will still be wearing masks? Um, that that will be interesting. All right, one more quick story here on the news. Um, Amtrak is a big winner in the infrastructure bill that passed through Congress. Uh, it puts $66 billion into rail. Since it was a little over a trillion dollars, that's about, what, uh, 6% or so mm-hmm. um, into rail. So that's a big chunk. Uh, Amtrak has a huge maintenance backlog, sort of like the National Park Service. Um, There are a lot of things that, you know, it doesn't make it less safe, but we'd like to fix this up because eventually it will cost us more money to fix it up, and eventually it may be a safety issue. You ever walked along a railroad track for any distance at all, and you stop and think, you know, there's nothing about those rails that look safe. I mean, look at there. There's there's one of those railroad uh, spikes half out of the ground, and and that that one there is looks kind of crooked, and and yet there is these monstrous thousands of tons that go flying over that at whatever speed. So well, now they're going to have sixty six billion bucks. Yeah. To uh, fix things up. Any, any of that going into the high speed? You think? Well, Amtrak laid out a $75 billion plan this year to bring trains to 160 new communities, um, which would they, they, they feel would bring 20 million more passengers and also to increase the high-speed uh, rail opportunities. And so uh, article I read did not break down where, where that $66 billion might go in terms of how much of it might go into maintenance and how much of it into high-speed. But uh, Amtrak is pretty happy about the whole thing, so let's hope. That as a government agency, they don't bungle the money and uh, out the window and, and we still have a rickety train system and, and no more new service. Wouldn't it be awesome if the Coast Starlight ran twice a day instead of once? Mm-hmm. 
Heaven forbid. Anyway, that is your travel news for today. And once again, we are Mark and Tom, the travel guys. And in our Smarter Traveler segment, after a short break, uh, five last-minute travel tips for the holidays. That's coming up next. We're hanging around. It's Mark Hoffman, Tom Romano, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Holiday travels here. We need to tip these people here, Mark, and I'm not talking about the uh, service crew. Uh, let's give these folks some holiday travel tips. All right. That sounds good. This uh, little uh, bit comes from Travelers United, um, who is... Uh, uh, who are regularly guests on our on our program? Uh, you can find them. Uh, just Google Travelers United. They are a membership organization, but you can peruse their website for free uh, if you are so interested. Uh, this article I thought was uh, not only timely, but uh, there are you know let's face it, you could give a list of five holiday travel tips, and you could do that till the cows came home and never repeat any of them. But I thought this list was. While it has uh, at least one on here that uh, we talk about a lot, it had one I had never even thought of before. So here are five holiday travel tips. Number one, check to make sure there is adequate airport parking. Well, uh, in Sacramento, mm-hmm. we have never run out of parking, uh, according to the to the airport folks. We've come fairly close mm-hmm. a couple of times, but uh, we've never run out of parking. They have created an extra lot out there at the airport. And while they will tell you when you get out there how many spaces are left, like on each floor of the garage and stuff like that, if you're getting ready to park in there, Mm -hmm. um, there really isn't a way for you to to check to make sure there's adequate airport parking. So this one, you're off the hook for adequate airport parking. Uh, A lot of folks, you know, even folks who live here locally will go and uh, especially if they have points, they'll go and use their points to stay at an airport property that has a shuttle. And leave their car there. Most of the airport property, the, the properties that are out, air, hotels that are out close to the airport, charge twenty-five or fifty dollars, usually for five nights or eight nights, uh, of of on top of whatever the room charge is, in order for you to leave a car there. So you pay with points. You pay them fifty bucks for eight days. Well, uh, if I park eight days at the airport um, in the daily lot, it's going to cost me ninety-six dollars. So that's a pretty significant saving. Plus, I'm a little closer to the airport in the morning. Of course, I have to wait for the shuttle when I get home. You do. And take me back to my car. But that's a way, um, from an airport parking standpoint, I know people, as I said, several of them who live here locally, and particularly around the holidays, they will use a uh, an airport, a, a hotel to spend the night before they go, and then use the airport shuttle, and it saves them a few bucks, and they know exactly where their where their car is located. All right, number two. Here, uh, leave for the airport early. Where have you heard that one before? Um, probably, <laughs> like, probably our number one thing. Um, early as possible. You're going to have bigger lines. Um, everybody says they're understaffed, including the TSA. In for the holidays, I suggest you whatever it is that you allow yourself when you from the time you leave home before your plane is leaving, add 30 minutes to it. It's the best 30 minutes that you could ever possibly invest. I mean, really and honestly, truly. Here's the one that is new to me. I had never thought of this before. Accept a middle seat when checking in online. You go to check in, 
online. You haven't made your, you're not flying Southwest. You're flying a reserve seat airline. Mm-hmm. You haven't made your seat reservation yet. And you see, oh, man, there's only middles left. So you say, well, you know, what I'll do is I'll wait and I'll just kind of watch this for a while. And when I get to the airport, you know, maybe there'll be somebody with a window or an aisle that will cancel, not show up. I'll get into that seat. Be very careful, because if the plane is oversold, despite the fact that you're holding a ticket, you don't have a seat yet. You're a prime candidate for being bumped off the flight. So just be very, very careful about that one. Accept a middle seat when you're checking in online and it's close to departure date if that even if that's the only thing available because it'll make sure that you're on the plane i thought that was a particularly good one good. take advantage of, of online check-in um always do that get your boarding pass printed especially if you're not checking a bag man it's going to save you a lot of time at the airport but even if you are do that because it will be a big help and finally the fifth one um consider packing a lunch if you have time i didn't think about this but once again Airport concessions are just as stretched as everybody else. Um, you get on a, you, you've got an hour layover, and you're going to Denver. And gosh, you know now you could connect on the United, and it would take you 20 minutes to walk from gate to gate. And what if your plane's 20 minutes late, and suddenly you're in a crunch? You haven't eaten, um, so pack yourself a lunch or something substantial to be able to eat if you're traveling for more than an hour or so. That's just remember, liquids and stuff can't get through. TSA, so you have to fill up your water bottle on the other side. But take your favorite sandwich, your favorite snacks, whatever, and make sure that you'll have something to eat because you get into one of those situations at an airport. I've had it happen to me before where you don't have the opportunity to get something to eat, and suddenly you're you're spending the whole day and you're starving to death when you get to the other end. Those are five holiday tips just for you. All right, after the news break, Chris Elliott joins us. We're going to talk about that $80 billion taxpayers' money that we doled out to the airlines. And we'll take a look at their report card. That's next here on The Travel Guys. Hey there, it's Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for taking some time out to be with us. Don't forget links to our special guests and so much more at TravelGuysRadio.com. And back with us here on the Travel Guys, our number one consumer reporter and friend of the Travel Guys, it's Chris Elliott. Chris, welcome back. Hey, good to be back. You've been hanging out in Southern California for a while, I understand, Mr. Elliott. Well, I've been in Southern California for a month, and I'm right now at the airport in San Francisco waiting for an international flight. Well, we won't, we won't, uh, you know, we won't hold that against against you. You know, I could, I could hear just in the background. How about you, Mark? A little bit of that, a uh, little bit of that airport chatter, which kind of yeah, makes it yeah. the live so travel where you, guys. Where, huh? where are you headed off to, Mr. Elliott? I am going to Lisbon. And then on to the Azores. So that little um, uh, couple of islands in the middle of the Atlantic, that's that's where we're going. I uh, see. Are you taking the kids with you, or did you sell them off? Uh, no, I sold one off. Um, two are still with me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw in your in one of your columns where your daughter had uh, had uh, taken a, a, a vacation from the guys or something like that and was in Washington, D.C., and the the two boys and dad were were carrying on, so um, so you guys are heading overseas, huh? Yeah, yeah. We're really excited about this because there's no end date for this one. Um, we really do want to make it all the way around the world this time, and 
We're all ready. You know, the boys are graduating from college in about four weeks, so they are good to go. Wow, that sounds pretty exciting. So besides Lisbon, do you have any other spots, or are you? Uh, is this a make-it-up-as-you-go sort of thing? Or? Well, you know, a little bit of both. We've got... Um, we have plans for uh, after going to Lisbon. We're going to be in Portugal for a little while, and then we're going to head down to Israel. And then I'm thinking probably the Gulf states, so Qatar and UAE, and then maybe we'll make it down to South Africa. And that's as far as I've gotten. That's the way a good traveler does is kind of sort of have a plan and yeah, kind of sort of play it by <laughs> ear, I guess. And um, I wish you all. Wish you all luck. We will be following your your journey along the way. the uh, The headline from one of your columns last uh, last week, Chris said, uh, "Hey, airlines, we want our eighty billion dollars back now." And uh, when I got to reading it, and considering all the problems that, gosh, now almost every airline has had a generally seems to happen over a weekend for some reason, but a period of time where they they just completely melt down. Southwest, American Spirit, Delta. Uh, a lot of them have had situations where they've they've literally run out of staff, and you'd think that somebody upstairs would see this coming and be able to do something proactive about it. But in most cases, no. Uh, it's been up to the travelers to find out when you got to the airport or when you got to your connecting spot. You know, there was no plane. So we gave these guys a uh, oh, I almost said something you can't say on the air. A truckload of money, several truckloads <laughs> of money. Uh, a That's little ways a big back, truckload. yeah. And one of the reasons, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't one of the reasons we gave them all that money was so that they could keep all of their people, so that when this all came back, they wouldn't be in this exact position that they're in. Is am I forgetting you something? You got that right. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, and uh, the the issue really was that little loophole in the wording of the CARES Act that said involuntary layoffs. So they could make voluntary cuts, but which means, you know, offering people early retirement or giving people severance and telling them that they could go find another job, putting them on indefinite leave, whatever it was. And so that's exactly what the airlines did. And they reduced their staffs by 20 to 25 percent. And that's exactly why they can't operate all the flights that they say that they want to operate, because they just don't have the staff to do it. It's a little bit of poor planning, a little bit of bad weather. But mostly, it's just good old-fashioned greed. They took the money, and now they don't have the people. Yeah, well, they took the money and they ran, but weren't they, you know, once the people took voluntary retirement, uh, is it like a lot of places where people don't want to come back to work? They can't find people uh, to uh, to fill those positions? Is that uh, is that the word? Well, let's see. I mean, uh, you know, your average flying experience today is not that great. You've got... Flight attendants getting beat up by passengers because of mask requirements and disagreements about that. I just read a story about a pilot getting into a little fist fight with a, with a crew, another crew member, a flight attendant. I mean, that's like a great man bites dog story. Usually it's the other way around where you have the passengers going after the crew members. So, uh, no, flying is not the best experience these days. And you can't blame these former crew members for saying, you know what, I'm not going to go back to work for one of these legacy carriers, American United, even Delta. Uh, it's just not a good quality of life. I'm going to go and become a fly fishing guide. Wow. <laughs> so uh, the $80 billion, uh, when, uh, following after 
a lot of billions prior to that and uh, no plan of paying it back. I'm, I'm assuming that somewhere along the line they're saving it, right? And then it's at a later date they'll give it all back? Is, is that how it works? Uh, not yeah, sort of yes and no. I mean, there's there will be some money pay, repaid because some of the eighty billion dollars is in loans, but a lot of it is not in loans. Most of it is not in loans, and so they, that's uh, that's gone. It was supposed to be used to keep people on staff. It probably was used to keep people on staff, but you know, airline accounting, airline math, it is what it is, and so they probably were using it for things that we wouldn't have necessarily approved of. Certainly reducing the staff by 20%, 25% is a violation of the, not the wording of the agreement, but certainly the spirit of the agreement. That's something that we, no one said, hey, we want you to cut the staff. It was specifically that CARES Act money was to keep people on staff, and instead they, they sent people away. And, uh, and you know, they would have gotten away with it if they had uh, not had these meltdowns that we've been seeing this fall and, um, and, and, you know, the thing, too, to, that I wanted to add is this isn't the end. This is only the beginning of it, that there will be more meltdowns probably. And we have the holidays coming up. And then we also have typically a, a time of bad weather. So we normally have a lot of cancellations because of the weather. It could be absolute pandemonium this holiday. Well, you uh, tr- travel professionals here, you, Chris, uh, advocate and a professional traveler, too. And Mark, a, a, a tour operator, uh, what advice are you giving to uh, to folks out there heading into the holidays? What do they need to be what do they need to be thinking about? Just not pray going? Yeah, pray a lot. Yeah, no, there you go. Not going. <laughs> Don't go uh, yeah, and so pray, pray a lot. Okay. Pray to your deity of choice that nothing happens, right? Um, I don't know. I I have been telling people, actually, that this is maybe not the year to travel, especially by air. I mean, you have to remember that 90% of all trips are taken by car, and that's a whole different thing. You've got, you know, traffic issues and potentially road rage and, uh, you know, weather issues. But really where it all kind of comes to head is going to be in, in air travel. And if you can avoid the terminals, and if, you, if you have to travel by air, uh, choose the best day. And um, now, Mark, I know that you know this, but, you know, you don't want to fly the days two or three days before the holiday, two or three days afterwards, because those are very highly impacted days. Usually it's the, the day of the holiday is a little bit better. Lately, not so much, but a little bit better. And then if you can postpone your trip until um, January, that's even better. You know, um, my family used to do something called fake Thanksgiving, where they all flew up for Veterans Day instead of Thanksgiving. And, you know, we all saved a lot of money. We had traditional Thanksgiving dinner and we just had it a couple of days early, which is, you know, the Canadians celebrated early, too. So what's wrong with that? A couple of things that I might suggest to folks is that some of these meltdowns are related to the time of the month. Um, As a tour operator, I deal with situations where bus drivers, for example, are only allowed to drive so many hours in a row or so many hours a day without having a break and so many hours in a week, and that's all very heavily regulated and, in fact, in many cases electronically recorded by how by the bus movement, so it's pretty hard to fake it. Airlines have the same situation. Flight crews are allowed to work so many hours in a row, have to have so, much, so many hours off, 
can only work so many hours in a pay period or a month or whatever designated period they have. At least one of the carrier meltdowns, uh, American, I believe it was, uh, came specifically because their employees ran out of hours at the end of the month. Um, you would say, how could this possibly happen? Wouldn't somebody in a big airline like that, wouldn't somebody, a big company, wouldn't somebody be in charge of keeping track of something like that? All I can say is apparently not uh, because this bit them in the rear end. So the one thing I might say to listeners is if you're thinking of buying a ticket on the 31st of December or the 1st of January, I would strongly recommend that you go with the 1st of January because that's a new month and it's a reset. And there's less chance that this will happen at that time. I also will point out uh, to our listeners that Southwest Airlines this last week, uh, we saw many flight schedule changes for December, January, and February. So it's pretty obvious, and and, and some flights were dropped. It's obvious to us that Southwest, at least, is being proactive in some some way, shape, or form and trying to adjust their schedule to something that they can realistically accommodate. So if that is true... Good for Southwest. That would be uh, that would be reflective of their past personality of trying to avoid situations like this that some of their bigger uh, competitors cannot. But anyway, I just thought I'd throw those two things out. Southwest seems to be uh, making some some adjustments. So if you have a Southwest flight scheduled over the holidays, you might want to double check that and make sure that it's still there and that something uh, your, your your nonstop hasn't turned into a one or a two stop and takes a lot more time and also be careful of those those things at the end of the, those last few days of the month because that has a technical issue involved to it that that you would never be able to see well okay good stuff yeah so mr elliot anything else that we should be uh, on the on the lookout for you're you're leaving the country here so uh thanks for that we'll we'll handle everything till you get back but is there anything else that we should keep an eye on before you go yeah i i mean uh... It, you know, it's it's funny because I remember exactly two years ago I was sitting in this exact same place in San Francisco at the airport, and I was being interviewed by you as well. So it's just kind of funny. I was going to the same place. I was flying to Lisbon. Um, thank you for holding down the floor for me while I'm gone. And uh, I think that this is I'm I'm very excited about discovering what international travel is like now. You know, the last time I flew over was about two years ago, less than two years ago, and I flew into L.A., and it was completely abandoned. And um, and everything is has come back to life in a really big way now. I, I do think, though, that for your listeners, really my, my big takeaway is if you've got holiday travel plans, is if there's any way that you can rethink those and maybe make them turn them into early 2022 plans, that might be the best way of just... And I, I hate telling people not to travel, but I really don't see anything good happening here over the next month or so. Zoom Christmas. This there you year. go. There you go. Well, gee, I, right. we've we've got a lot of practice at that, haven't we? But that's not, you know, that's yeah. really not bad wisdom because there there are lots of great places that you can go in January and if, if February, whatever. I mean, if you're a family, yes, a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure you saw Tom and, and, and Chris. Uh, the border reunions on TV the last couple of days, people who have been apart for, you know, better part of a couple of years in right, many cases. Yeah. In some cases, they just live yeah. a stone's throw from each other and haven't been able to hug each other or whatever. So um, we're, we're, we're making it back a little bit. 
One interesting thing, Chris, in Hawaii was um, because you have to vaccinate to get over there and because you have to have that card and kind of show it off a lot, I noticed that uh, the conflict between vaxxers and non-vaxxers was really at a minimum. I didn't sense much of that. And I got to thinking after a couple of days, well, it's because these those folks are not here. I mean, if they didn't want to get vaccinated, they couldn't get on an airplane. So they're not in the islands. And so they're not, mm-hmm. you know, every time somebody asks them for a card, they're not grumbling or grousing about it or something like that, putting up some kind of their own personal protest. So um, Hawaii is a real popular destination right now. A lot of people are headed there. But the spirit of aloha is alive there and the hawaiians are doing the very best they can to accommodate people and uh, and be good hosts so if you're headed to the islands uh be kind to the people who are over there um you might be surprised uh what that would get you in return actually that's probably good wisdom for anywhere you're traveling um a lot of people are shorthanded so be kind to the people who showed up otherwise you'd have nobody to help you at all chris we'll that's look great advice yeah, we'll uh, we'll look forward to uh, uh, you know just because you're going to be traveling halfway around the world, it is not going to allow you to escape us. I want you to know we will we will hunt you. Da- <laughs> okay, we will hunt you down for updates on what international travel looks like. Absolutely, I'll Absolutely. be here. Yep, and you'll probably run into some out some international travelers who are either headed here or have been here or something like that. I know you. You'll you'll be nosing around and stuff like that. So we'll be we'll be interested to hear how this is working uh, both directions. So good luck uh, on your your trip around the world, you and the guys, and uh, be safe. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. This is Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Coming up in a couple of minutes, we're going to talk housekeeping situation in hotels. Has it changed? What's going on? Mark will fill us in when we return here on the Travel Guys. I'm on my for joining us. It's Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Once again, links to our special guests and more can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. Okay, Mark, we promised our listeners we would uh, kind of bring them up to date and address the housekeeping situation in hotels. Uh, uh, what do you got? Well, um, this is based a little bit on recent personal experience and the recent personal experience of other travel professionals that uh, I talk to a lot of tour operators and stuff from time to time. And, of course, when they go out, it's not just one room. They're usually occupying 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 rooms in a hotel, and they get feedback from a greater number of people. Here's the deal. Uh, Many hotels, of course, as we've talked here before, have cut back on the level of housekeeping. They're either not doing it every day. Or they're in, the most popular thing is we'll do it every three, four, five days. And if you need something in between, need your trash picked up or you need fresh towels, mm-hmm. you call us, put them outside the door. Magically, within an hour, the fresh towels and the empty garbage can appear with the new trash bag in it or whatever it is that you that you need. Um, for many people, and we, we should make it really clear, and, and that is that there are really two sides to this. There are a lot of people, a reasonable number, the hotels estimate about a a third of their guests who would prefer that the housekeeper never come into their room. Um, Okay, about a third. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. also keep in mind that there about 80% of hotel stays are one-night stays. Hmm. So 
if you have a one-night stay, you really don't give a darn because you're going to leave and the housekeeper is going to come and clean the room. So it's that other 20% of people that are staying over. Now, obviously, in resort areas or vacation areas, you're going to have a much higher percentage of longer-term guests. Um, and so some people would prefer the housekeeper not come in or just leave the fresh towels at the door, and they would be very happy with that from a security standpoint, from just they're not comfortable having other people in a room with their stuff. They just would prefer to, to be left alone. Um, that's fine, except, uh, you know, we did have that situation in Las Vegas a couple of years ago where they, you know, a guy who was left alone in his room for a number of days had an arsenal in there and ultimately used it to murder a great number of people and cause wreck havoc and panic. And so then we heard hotels saying, oh, well, we have to be, oh, we have to come into your room every two, three days and check that out. It's amazing how quickly they forgot that, that it was so important that they, they know, and I, it would seem like a hotel would want to come into your room every few days just to make sure that everything was still intact, that you hadn't rolled up the carpet and left town with it or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that to me is, it, you've got these two sides. People like myself who would prefer to come back to a nice, clean room every day. And I'm not worried about the housekeeper stealing or going through my stuff. I leave the housekeeper a small gratuity on the bed, and I feel like that probably takes care of, of any wandering eyes or anything like that. But uh, I think housekeepers are, are hard workers. They're basically very honest people. I've been traveling a long time, and I can't remember any time that something was missing from my room that I could possibly have considered to be something I would blame on the housekeeper. Yeah, honestly, so, yeah. Yeah, so you've got two sides of the coin, and right now, um, you check into a hotel. The first thing I, that I'm going to suggest you ask is, what what is your housekeeping policy? And if the hotel tells you, well, it's every three days or every four days, and you're like me, you're one of those folks who like to have your room cleaned every day, don't be afraid to tell them that, that you would like to have housekeeping every day. Now, they may tell you, well, you still have to call each morning and put yourself on the list, which is kind of ridiculous. But still, if you're someone who wants housekeeping, don't let the hotel talk you out of it because you're paying for it. Okay. Um, if you're somebody who doesn't want them in the room, then that's then now you're happy. If you're somebody in the middle, then make sure that you make your requests early in the day. Um, there are more the housekeeping staff that is on hand is going to be there early in the day. They're going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot easier for them. You're not going to have to have someone from the front desk run the towels up to your room or something like that, and they can't do it for an hour and a half because they're busy. So if you make your request early in the morning, you'll frequently have that stuff outside your door very quickly if you once you're showered and you're getting ready to leave you know call down to the front desk and say hey we'd like to have our towels and our our uh, stuff done but don't let the hotel bully you into not having your room cleaned as often as you would like to have it clean because the reality is that like i said you have already paid up front now if you check into the hotel and they say to you Gosh, if you don't have your room cleaned every day, we'd like to offer you a $15 discount. That's an entirely different situation. But for right now, I'm just going to suggest you that hotels are saving a lot of money. It may be that they don't have enough staff to be able to cover all that. But nonetheless, um, in good faith, it's something that you're entitled to. So don't be afraid to ask for it. Well, there's some great advice from the travel guys. Uh, take it, use it. And uh, that just about wraps it up for today. Uh, we're out of here. Back again next week, 3 o'clock. We'll do it all again. Mark, yes, remember, yes. dance like nobody's watching. Thanks, my friends. Stay well. See you next time here on The Travel Guys.